You know, today, today as this is uh, Mother's Day, what I want to do is I want to really speak to the fathers. I want to speak to the husbands. I want to speak to the, ch the children. I want to speak to the uh, mothers. I want to speak to the sisters. I uh, want to speak to uh, friends because uh, this day really uh, encompasses all of us because it's the purpose is <clears throat> of celebrating mothers and mothers who have made difficult decisions and they have perhaps pointed their child in a direction and they release them by faith. So we want to celebrate mothers who made decisions that they will not allow their child to be limited by their own limitations. And we also want to celebrate mothers who uh, can see the potential in their child, although that child has never demonstrated that potential. It's amazing that we can see the value of mothers in our lives. And, and so uh, I am reminded that we live in a society where we value knowledge over wisdom. And when we think about valuing knowledge over wisdom, in previous generations, children learned their skill from their parents. And uh, their parents taught them, they trained them, and the children really depended on their life and their future based on what they had been taught by their parents. And so it would take a child to develop the skills that their parents had. It would take them so many years. And, and as the time surpassed, uh, or as the child surpassed their parents in skill, the parents were of an older age and they were advanced in years and they would be regarded by their children simply because their ability to make a living was based on what their parents had taught them. And uh, today, one of the things that we recognize is that each generation surpasses the previous generation in the knowledge it has. And younger generations have a tendency to think of their parents as being old-fashioned or antiquated or not up-to-date or not hip. And as a result of that, that we recognize that there is a generation that have more knowledge and many times knowledge is equated to wisdom, but the greatest tragedy in life is to have knowledge without wisdom because having knowledge without wisdom mean that one would make decisions on knowledge, but it may not be according to being wise. One of the things that when I share with you that parents think, uh, children think in many ways that their parents are old fashioned or antiquated, and sometimes you get to a place where you cannot receive uh, from your parents like you uh, know that you really should. And I remember uh, there was a time in the past, and I kind of reflect on this oftentimes, that my father would, would, would uh, tell stories and talk about the Bible. And I remember one time he said, you know, the, uh, the, the devil was an angel in heaven and God threw him from heaven to the earth. And I go, man, that is, that's not what happened. I didn't even have the knowledge nor the wisdom, but I just go, man, that just, that's not true. I think he's saying that to sensationalize what the Bible says so that we would read it. But I did not know Isaiah 14, which says that exactly the same thing that he, he said. And I remember that I used to go around with that, uh, that uh, daishiki and that big old afro with the comb stuck on the See, Guys, I had an afro at a time, I want to let you know. <laughs> with that big old rake stuck in the side of it, man, being all cool. I, I remember, mm, my God, and uh, my mom and my dad would tell me some things, and, and, and I remember my dad would say that you're leaving the house with a good name. When you return back to the house, bring that good name with you. And so um, 
So I, I just didn't really understood, understood, understand those things until much later in life. And so uh, I believe that the Bible relates wisdom and the ability to make good decisions together. Uh, David writes in the book of Psalm, he writes in Psalm 111 verse 10, he says that the way to become wise is to honor the Lord because he gives sound judgment to all who obey his commandments, who obey his commands. He says that uh, the way to become wise is to honor. That word is a very tremendous word, to honor. And so one of the things that we must recognize is that um, what does it mean to honor? What does it mean to honor? Uh, because if we are to get wisdom from God, the Bible says that we have to honor, show honor. And it says that not only showing honor, but also esteem or obey what has been commanded. Let's take a look at the word honor, uh, because the word honor is an interesting word. And what it does is it, it, it is what you give someone uh, you look up to. See, honor is something you give to someone that you look up to. Now, honor is, means that what you do is you value and you respect them because you admire the qualities that they have. And so that's what honor is. It's like you look up to them and you value them and you admire them because of the qualities that they have. Now, the Bible tells us in a very uh, significant way that for us to have that wisdom, it is not only just to ask but it is to, um, we come to a place of being wise. We do ask for it, but that wisdom becomes demonstrated in our lives as we obey what the Lord has instructed us to do. And so uh, when I think about that, I believe that one of the most significant people that will influence our lives, one of the most significant people, is a mother. Because the heart of a mother, she wants the best for her child. And she's willing to make significant sacrifices so that that child can advance in life. And you know what, uh, this week I was reminded of a story that I read several uh, years ago, and it was a story about a mother who was suing her son for $4,000 that she had loaned him, and uh, she had given him that money by borrowing it from her credit cards. And she was really frustrated uh, because uh, she, wanted, she wanted him to honor his word uh, but he refused to. Now, she had already uh, forgave him of the two loans that she had given him uh, from her own life savings. But now the bills are coming in, and she wants him to honor uh, what he has committed to. And so she sues him. And what's interesting is uh, this uh, uh, son began to talk to the judge, and the judge asked him what was his position. You know what he said? He says, she owed me that because the last car she bought me was a piece of junk. And as I began to reflect on that story, it just kind of brought up two words, helping and enabling. It brought up those two words in my, in my spirit. And so what I want to do, first of all, is I want to speak to the mothers. Not only is a mother uh, willing to sacrifice her money, her resources, and, and what she has, but you know what? Every time you give birth, you give birth, you sacrifice your own life. And the amazing thing that God has done is how he has created mothers, is he has created mothers to nurture and nourish what she is carrying. So any nutrients that comes into a mother's body, it goes to take care of what she is giving birth to before it takes care of herself. 
And the amazing thing about a mother is that that even goes throughout life. And so she's willing to sacrifice her resources, and she's willing to do whatever she can to advance the life of her child. And what's, when you think about that, then we've got to really define the two words, helping and enabling, because the word helping, because we get, it's a fine line between to help someone and to enable someone. And so let me just uh, go right where the rubber meets the road, and let's talk about helping. What's the definition of helping? Helping is doing something for someone that they are not capable of doing themselves. They, they may not be able to do it themselves, so you help them to do it. Or you help them to train them how to do it later. That's what helping is. But there is a fine line between helping and enabling. And so the word enabling, it's an, it's an interesting word because what it means is doing for someone things they could, could do and should do themselves. So that's enabling when you know that that son or that daughter could and should be doing uh, those things for themselves, but you do them, then that is called enabling, enabling. And enabling is very, very dangerous. Let me just kind of give you some examples of that so that we can be clear. Enabling means when you clean the room of your teenage or adult children. That's enabling. Another, another uh, I'm talking to the mothers right now. Uh, <laughs> another, another example of enabling is when you repeatedly bail them out of jail over and over and over or tight spots over, you bail them out over and over and over again. Those, those spots that they get themselves into, I mean, you love them and it's hard to see them go through very challenging and difficult times. And so what happens is that rather than helping, we enable. The third one is ignoring the problems because they get defensive when you bring it up to them or what they are not doing, what they should be doing and what you're imparting wisdom to them. And they kind of get defensive about that like you don't know what you're talking about. And so you just back off. You don't say anything. You don't instruct them. And what you do is you rather keep the peace and you not bring it up, you not share that wisdom, and as a result of that, that they grow up enabled in the behavior that they have. The Bible tells us in a very clear way that when you refuse to make your child take responsibility for their behavior, it prevents them from growing from the place where they are. It, 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 it stymies them in life, and it does not encourage growth. I'll give you an example that if you have an eight-year-old child and your eight-year-old does not carry their plate to the kitchen after a meal, but they get up and leave it on the table, you're allowing that child to stay emotionally at the age they ate in the area of responsibility. And so what happens is that as they grow, that they will continue to do what they did as a young person, even though they could and should be doing more. And so they get older, they, they don't embrace the responsibility and they're doing things for them and, 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 and they are looking for others to do things for them that they should be doing for themselves. So it's not just my opinion on that. The Bible tells us, Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, uh, verse 10. He says, for even, come on, you need to read that with me like you know it is the word of his power. Let's read it together now. For even when we were with you, we gave you this, stop right there. I'm, I don't mean just the mothers, I mean everybody. Come on, you two read it like you know it is the word of his power together now. For even when we were with you, 
we gave you this rule. The one who is willing to work shall... Now notice this. It does not talk about the one who is unable to work. It talks about the one who is unwilling to work. And so Paul says that, look, if someone is able to do something but they are unwilling to do it, they should suffer the consequences of them not using what God has given them to become a blessing to their own life. And so he says that, not un unable, but he says that unwilling, unwilling. Wow. Now, the children of Israel, it's a perfect example. The children of Israel, remember when they were in the desert that God took care of them. God did everything for them. He fed them. He clothed them. Uh, he gave them protection. He gave them direction. He did everything for them. But when they were about to go into the promised land, God said to them, when you go into the promised land, I want you to use your ability and have responsibility or respond with your ability. That's what responsibility is. It's when you respond with your ability. And he says that, so I, you're going to have to work the land. But God wanted to show them that he was still with them. Because as they used their ability or as they responded with their ability to what needed to be done, then now they would see and they would trust God that the results would come from that. But the Bible says in Psalm 127 that even when they rested, God caused what they did grow. And that's the beauty about that. When they rested, God still supplied them. Why? It's because mm, your, mm, your ability, your work has residual value, residual value. Mm. So the Bible tells us then very clearly that enabling uh, does not cause the fullness of what God desires to take place. And so God says we help, but we do not enable because there is a blessing that comes from responding to the ability that you have been given. So notice this, the Bible says it's not about being unable, it's about being what? Unwilling. Now, so I've talked to the mothers a little bit and let me just kind of talk a little bit to the children and the fathers. In the book of Ephesians chapter six, we know this all too well that Paul, he says in Ephesians six verse two and, 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 and he talks about it in verse three as well. But, uh, but I want you to read this. I want you to read this. Let's read this together. Like we know it is the word of his power. Now, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long. Now, notice this. He says, honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Notice this. God has a promise for you. He has a purpose for your life. And he says that when you value, when you admire them for the qualities that they have, let me just kind of say this real quick, is that God tells you to value and honor the position, even if you can't stand the person. I just don't like what my mama do. I don't like what my daddy do. Now, see, that's wrong right there because I don't like what my father does or my mother does. <laughs> See, you haven't been listening your whole life. I don't like what they do. So the Bible tells us that uh, it does not give an expiration date, notice this, on what age you get to that you can stop honoring. Because what? 
They're still your mother and they're still your what? Father. So it doesn't expire. Honor doesn't expire at a time frame. Well, that's good preaching for such a young preacher. So, so notice this. God has a promise for you. He has a purpose for you. And he says that when you value, when you esteem, when you admire them for the qualities that they have, he says that it may be well with you. And this one well, and, and that you may live long in their life, it's the word euhodos uh, in, 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 the, uh, in the Greek. And it, what it means is it means to prosper and have a long, good journey in life. And so it says that when you honor them, when you value them, so it says honor, and then know what? No, notice what it says, that it is a commandment that comes with the promise. When you do that, then you have this. When you do that, then you fulfill promise. When you do that, then you fulfill purpose. When you do that, then your life goes well. And I don't know anybody who's living doesn't want their life to go well and to live long and have good health prosperity and not lack for anything, but the Bible says that that honor will give that to you. And so what we recognize is that sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we get in our, you know, I learned that when you kind of start getting emotional and start getting into your flesh, flesh, today they call it getting into my emotions. I'm sorry I was in my emotions. <laughs> so what we recognize then is that uh, the Bible says when we value and respect them because you admire the qualities that they have, then your life goes well, and you move ultimately to the promise and the purpose and the destiny that God had for you. This morning, you heard me say earlier that what we wanted to do was we wanted to celebrate mothers who had made difficult decisions and pointed their children in a direction and released them by faith. You, you heard me say that uh, we want to celebrate mothers who've made decisions that they would not allow their child to be limited by their own limitations. And you've heard me say that we want to celebrate mothers who have recognized the potential in their child, even though that child hasn't demonstrated that potential before. Now, in each of those three instances, I want to give you a Bible reference to that. And then as we uh, see that and as we receive that, that we can go out and in everything that we do and every day of the day, not just on Mother's Day, that we can show honor to those that God has called us to honor. Now, first thing, is that to a mother who's made difficult decisions and pointed her child in a direction and released them by faith. What about Moses' mother? She lived at a time when there was a decree, a governmental decree, that all those boys, the children, uh, the male children should be killed. You know what's interesting is that she found herself giving birth to a child at a time when there was a death sentence on the seed that she was carrying. But there is something on the inside of a mother that will cause them to do whatever they can to, to, to launch the potential or to launch that child, to launch that hope, that inheritance that she has been carrying and has given birth to. And so what she did is that she looked into the environment where she was living and she realized that the environment she was living in was dangerous to her child. And so she, like, she put him into a, 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 an ark, a little little safety net, safety boat, safety uh, cradle. And, and she, 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 she recognized she could no longer hide it. So she believed that if I release him by faith, that God will make sure what I've given birth to, that he will take care of. Why? It's because there was a promise to his life. And she released him by faith. And when she released him by faith, 
that uh, Moses, my God, went into an environment from being dangerous so that he could have a better chance in life. And she pushed him in that direction and she let him go. And, and so what we want to do is we want to honor mothers today who had enough courage to make that tough decision. Look, Moses, was that was all part of God's plan. Because see, Moses needed to go to Pharaoh to understand how they think, how uh, understand the culture. And then Moses later would go, he was raised, right, by Pharaoh's daughter. So he came into the palace, a palace that he was ultimately was going to deliver God's people from. And he came there and, 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 and God showed him the culture and the language and the, of the people. But then he went among his own people and then God showed him the language and the culture of his people. And, and the, I love the way God said it like this. He says that I have called you to go down and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. God called him and birthed him to give freedom to a nation. But his mother had to have the courage to release him. And can you imagine what would have happened if she would have said, that, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just try to hide him right where I am. Destiny, purpose, and promise for a generation would have been delayed. So we want to celebrate those mothers. And, and, and the reason that that is so important, that as we're going to see here, is that, that there are many things that, and champ, tough decisions that mothers have made. Uh, there are uh, uh, certain uh, positions that they have placed their families into so that they could fulfill the purpose of God for their life. So the second thing that we want to do here is not only celebrate the mothers who have uh, made a decisions and, and pointed their child in a direction and released them by faith, but we want to celebrate mothers who recognize that the limitations in their own house but would not allow the limitations to limit their child. There were limitations in their own house, but they would not allow the limitations to limit their own children. What comes to mind is Hannah. Hannah had been praying and believing God for a child. And when uh, Samuel was born, uh, Hannah took him to the temple. And when she took him, she dedicated him to the Lord. And she said to God, you know what, if you, if you give me this child, give me this son, that I'll give him back to you. You know, I love it so often that when I hear mothers and fathers, and you know what I always say to moms and, and, and that um, when they come and visit with their children and, and I know their kids, I say, wow, you know, I just want to let you know that you've done a really great job for their job. Uh, you, you whip them the right amount of times. And the mama says, well, I felt like I needed to whip him one or two more times, you know. But, but what, what, what we recognize then is that it was a mother who, uh, uh, and, and then some of the mothers might say something like, well, you know, it was all God. It was all God. I, and that's usually what wives say about their husband. I say that, man, you know what? You've done a really good job with this guy. And they would say, that was God. <laughs> so what we recognize then is we recognize that um, that, that there, is a, there are limitations in our own house. And what Hannah says is that, God, would you give to me? I'll give back to you. See, that's really bringing your child, teaching them, living a life in front of them, uh, teaching them, being a part of a group. And you know what I love? Going on a missions trip, even as a young child. And so uh, you, you, you bring them into an environment and you recognize that I may not have experienced these same things in my life, but I'm going to elevate my child, and I'm not going to allow my own limitations to limit my child. And so she takes Samuel into the uh, temple, and Samuel stays there. 
He stays there with the man called Eli. And Eli has sons, but he never instructed his sons. He wouldn't discipline his sons. He wouldn't uh, instruct his sons. Whatever they did, he just allowed it. But there was a boy by the name of Samuel who Hannah brought and had dedicated to the Lord. And he watched Eli. And when his children would not do what Eli was, was demonstrating, Samuel saw it. Isn't that good to know that even though that, 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 that there's somebody that God is placing you in the life to impact the next generation. They're placing you, he's placing you in their life and he's placing them in your life. And so notice here in, in Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 19, it tells us that Samuel grew and the Lord was what? The Lord was with him and he let none of his words fall to the ground. God had called him to be the prophet. And isn't it amazing? Because he honored his mother, because he honored the authority that was in his life, the very calling, the very purpose, the very destiny that God had for him, he fulfilled it completely and not one of his prophetic words fell to the ground. What would that be like? My God, if you spoke words, and none of them fell to the ground. Everything that God placed in your heart was fulfilled. That's the power of honor. And, and, and so Samuel um, recognized it. And so he listened. God was calling him, but he didn't understand it fully. And so Samuel would get up and say, hey, Eli, did you call me? And Eli said, no, I didn't call you. So he'd go back to bed, and then God would, would call him again. And then uh, he would come and says, Eli, I heard you call me again. Eli said, no, I didn't call you. And so Samuel would go back to bed, and then Eli, uh, and then uh, God would call him again. And he came to Eli, and Eli says that, no, when you hear this call again, just say, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. <laughs> I'm available to you. Here I am, Lord. See, Hannah brought him to the temple for a purpose. And out of honor, he heard Eli. I mean, what would have happened if he wouldn't have obeyed the commands of Eli and just said, man, I just, I'm just going to ignore that boy because how can I say, here I am, Lord? I don't even see him. Doesn't make sense, but by faith. So, so notice this. Hannah brought him to the temple. And the amazing thing about it is that the heart of a mother is so special that sometimes uh, she recognizes what a child needs must come from someone else. It doesn't mean that something is wrong in the house, but you can do everything you know how to do, but still recognize you can't do everything. And so the heart of a mother is that she will not allow the child to be limited by her own limitations. So what happens? That she takes them to special classes. She gets them a tutor. She takes them to Kumon. How many of you know that this math today my God, the kids bring it home and you know you don't know. Don't even try it. <laughs> so what do you do? You have to go to someone else who knows. So you, you're not going to allow your own. You, you, you better figure it out yourself. I figured it out. Well, it's a different kind of level. Because when I was in the first grade, we would say, run fast, Mary. Mary, run fast. <laughs> See Jane go, go Jane, go. But now today, for I see the malification of the proclamation. No. 
It's heavy today. So what happens? Moms want to see their kids do so well that they will not allow their own limitations to limit the future of their children. We celebrate those moms today. And then lastly, we celebrate mothers who can see the potential in their children even when they've never demonstrated it before. Jesus had a mother who saw his potential and he had never demonstrated that potential before. Jesus was at a wedding and his mother said that, uh, Jesus, they're out of wine. And Jesus says, if my time has not come yet, what do I have to do with that? She didn't even address him. She just looked to the people and says, do whatever he says do. She saw the potential in him when he had never demonstrated it before. There are mothers who see the potential in their children even though they have never demonstrated that. A mother who sees an A in a child when they've never made an A before. A mother who sees a child can go beyond where they are and they've never gone beyond where they've been. A mother that can see the potential even though the potential has never been demonstrated before. But a mother knows and she speaks to that potential. And see, it's amazing that when we recognize that, that's why the Bible says there are some things you do not know. But if you value, if you admire the qualities that they have and listen to their instructions, then you will make your way straight. You will have great success in life and you'll fulfill your purpose and destiny. Why? It's because your, your understanding has a limitation. But your mother can take you beyond the potential that you've demonstrated in the past to the potential that God has placed for your future. And so today, we celebrate mothers. We celebrate sisters. Because although the heart of a mother is to make difficult decisions and point our child in a direction that, and release them by faith, we make a decision today that they will not, uh, those mothers who will not allow their child to be limited by their limitations, we make a decision today to celebrate them. 